Podcast, and uh, I'm your host Carter. First and foremost, hope all is well. Each and one of you guys out there. Um, today, I got a special guest with me. Um, I got uh, Ernest. Man, how you doing, Ernest? Man, I'm blessed by the best, um, and I'm humbled and honored to be here, brother. Got you, man. Got you, man. Well, welcome to the podcast, man. Um, yeah, man. Where we talk about self improvement, uh, mental health topics, and also, man, being a critical thinker. And uh, Ernest, there's a lot going on out there, man. Um, there's a uh, primary is coming up uh, next month here and uh, in Prince George's County out here in Maryland. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll be honest, I'm not, I don't know too much about politics. Um, so I just kind of want to analyze um, just the whole thing about politics, what to look, what to look out for um, and make the best possible decisions. Right. Uh, but before, we, before we get into it, man, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, one, again, uh, peace and blessings uh, to yourself and to uh, to your listeners. Um, Ernest, uh, uh, I'm a third generation service member. My grandfather immigrated from the uh, from the Caribbean. Here, he serves in the military. My dad served in the military. Actually, I've had somebody serve in the military ever since. Uh, almost in every major conflict, war or conflict since World War II, in mm. uh, <clears throat> most branches of service. Um, Recently, I'm a uh, just recently joined the National Guard, but I've spent uh, time as a congressional relations officer working on Capitol Hill on a lot of issues that that uh, uh, that concern veterans. I've also worked with like HBCU Experience, uh, which advocates for H- uh, historically black colleges and universities throughout the country to maintain things like funding, uh, you know, additional support. You know, et cetera. I've also um, done grassroots organizing, work on political campaigns on the local, state, and federal levels uh, throughout the country. And um, I've got business and do public speaking and everything else. So that's just a little bit about me. Gotcha. Um, so, what was your question again? I want to make sure I, I understood what you were asking. No, just tell us a little bit about yourself. That's all. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah, man. Again, thanks for coming on. Also, man, thank you for your service as well. It's my honor. <laughs> my uh, my grandfather, he was in the Korean War. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, he he, he survived it, but he was in the Korean War, and I was the only person that um that was in the military in my family that I know of. Um, Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it and it makes sense for a number of different reasons. I mean, the the. The experiences of of black males uh, or black people in in the military period has not always been a pleasant experience. Mm, okay, um, and so that weighs on the influences when that individual comes back home. I understand? Yeah, you know. So in that in that so yeah. So there's there, there's. Many, but a lot of that has to do with some of the topics we may end up talking about as far as politics, and 
you know, connections, affiliation, identity, things of that nature. Uh, so there's a lot of things that that may be interwoven um, as we as we move along with the discussion. Gotcha, gotcha, man. Um, be honest, man. I I, uh, I went to the school. It's called Capital College, right? I was going to be a software engineer, engineer. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing about it was I couldn't get that computer programming um, down. So the Java C plus plus, man, it was just too difficult to me. For me, it was like oh. a different. Uh, hindsight, I wish I would have stuck with it. <laughs> right. You know, stuck with it. Um, but I just remember, man, it was, a, it was a recruiter from the Navy. He he had he came up to me and was talking about you know joining. Um, uh-huh. You know, again, I didn't you know the whole information. I didn't necessarily know anybody. Um, I, I didn't really know my grandfather. He died when I was like um, one years old. Uh-huh. Uh, and so um, I didn't really have nobody who I could you know identify with that was in the military to say, okay, well, all right, well, he, my, this person I know had a great experience. And to be honest, the only, the only information I heard about the military, man, this might sound ignorant and crazy, man, was um, Boys in the Hood. i never forget it. Oh, with Ricky. Ricky, yeah. a place in the Army, man. And, and that's weird, man. And that was kind of like my stance of why I didn't, why I didn't join. And that's kind of, that's kind of interesting, man. <laughs> when you talk and it was like, man, that's kind of why I didn't, you know, do it because of that, that, you know, anyway. Uh, well, see, that's one of the things, too, when we, we had a conversation earlier, once they're talking about exposure and options, yeah. you know yeah. what I'm saying? To you, it just, that that wasn't even, it wasn't necessarily, it wasn't real. Yeah. Like, to you, it was an afterthought of, you know, your grandfather serving and having passed, so no real connection there, right? And my grandfather had passed the same year I was born. Um, so I never really got to meet him either. Um, but then like, you don't have any other examples in your family. So the only other reference is a movie Yeah, <laughs> and it didn't work out for Ricky for college or the military. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, so man, I want to bring you on and talk about politics, man. Um, for, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what brought you, what made you want to get into it? that arena politics man uh well one of the things that got me into it was i kept seeing so let me say let me start back this way i was 17 years old when i went into the to to the marine corps and i didn't have any particular political affiliation yeah um i signed under bill clinton served actively on active duty through George Bush. Um, and then in the selective Marine Reserves during uh, President Obama, um, tail end, uh, well, in the beginning of, of this administration, because I just recently came back in. But what got me into it was, so I came in, in ni- signed in 99, came in 2000, and we had 9-11 happen in 01. I went to Iraq at the age of 20 in 2003. Okay. Even while I was on my way there, I was like, well, why are we going to Iraq? We were supposed to be going after the dude with the turban and the long beard, right? Like yeah. that's that that was who was said that was responsible, right? So why are we going to Iraq? Yeah. But again, at 20, not really again politically affiliated or anything like that. Military has always pretty much been apolitical. So I didn't question a whole lot, but I, the questions started to come and, you know, started coming to me. Okay. Go to war. We have, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's rough. 
lose a lot of um, my, my friends um, that get killed over there. Um, I decide I, I want to try to do something different. And then fast forward, getting enrolled into college, um, Gen 6 happens. And if you're not familiar with, are you familiar with Gen 6? Um, Gen 6. Gen 6. Got you. No worries. So down in general, so during 2007, this is when I entered college full time. So during 2007, there was a lot of uh, racial things that were happening, nooses being hung from trees, things of that nature, whatever have you. Um, down in general, Louisiana, there was this particular tree that uh, black kids weren't allowed to sit under. Right. So yeah. story goes that these group of black kids go sit under this tree. You know, and these group of white kids come over and get into it and they get into a fight, right? Yeah. Black kids go to jail. The white kids are not in jail. Wow. The black kids are being, you know, uh up for expulsion from school, things of that nature, whatever. It was a whole big deal. Mm-hmm. So they became Jenna Six because it was six black men that six young black boys that went to jail. Okay. Um, and so anyways, that got me started into getting involved into coordinating, talking to students about, you know, about what was happening around the country. And I rallied some of the students to go. We rode from Richmond because I'm a graduate of Virginia Union University, which is historically black college university uh, founded. Uh, yeah. in in Richmond, Virginia. Um and we went to D.C. on November 17th of 2007 to march in the fall March on Justice. And this was the first time that I ever marched or protested or or organized on this magnitude. But I felt that there was a responsibility that I had to do that. So that was kind of uh, my very first time doing that. But that's pretty much like the catalyst of of everything that ensued afterwards and so what got me involved in politics is that i realized a lot of people were just unaware okay and i felt the responsibility that if i knew something to then share it and empower mm-hmm. other people to know more and to build confidence so that they can then share it yeah so that's that's what kind of got me started into it. and that's and that's why I've, I've continued to do it so i can continue to advocate continue to and show other people how to advocate and you know and critically think or analyze things that are happening in, in their communities and to to also being able to develop solutions because oftentimes we have a lot of we have a lot of criticisms yeah but we ain't got a whole lot of solutions it, you is know the is the criticism from us being ignorant of the process or we not we misdirecting um, our um, energy to the um, to the wrong thing is we don't. You think the criticism is it because of our ignorance, or is it just misdirected to the wrong um, people? It's a combination. Okay, it's a combination. I mean, because there's there's on, on some levels there's a level of accountability, right? I mean, you we 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 have access to, to information, right? So it's not yeah. like we couldn't look up uh, if it comes down to who we're voting for. We couldn't look up you know other candidates. Right. Um, here, here's one idea. If you're eligible to run for office, why didn't you run? I mean, not you personally, but just the individual. Right. So 
if you felt like somebody was doing a bad job, you could have stepped up and did the job, right? Yeah. Then, then there is, you know, if all you did was just vote, but you didn't go to a, 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 a general assembly meeting, city council meeting, um, if you're not involved into the into the process, I mean, there's, there's a whole number of different things. So it's misdirected as far as, you know, trying to point the finger at somebody else versus being accountable for your part in it. Um, you know, not feeling or feeling inadequate like when you should know something but you don't know anything so sometimes we use it as as a as a defense mechanism to kind of deflect the the responsibility of knowing ahead of time um you know it's so it's a number of different things i I, I think got you got you man all right so that kind of brings to what i want to wanted to just talk about man the politics Uh and I, i was researching man um and I got theory behind all this, man. But um, I was researching. It said uh, since 1968, right? And I got this from Pew, Pew Research that um, no Republican president, and this, this came out 2020, right? That since 1968, no Republican president, presidential candidate, received more than 13% of the African-American vote. Okay. And, um, you know, so, so based off of that, it appeared that... Uh, you know, a lot of um, you know, specifically African American people are um, vote Democrat, right? Um, More or less. All right. <laughs> why, why? Why? What? What do you think is significant? Why do you think since that, since nineteen sixty eight, that uh-huh. the the vote. Um, uh, African American people started to vote more uh, Democrat. Democrat. It, it, I'm saying it, it appears though that and I was reading that although so for example a lot of uh, African-American people again I don't know the, um, the statistics are mm-hmm. are conservative by nature just mean that they hold traditional values right and most mm-hmm. of them are moderate right mm-hmm. but despite that they still vote uh, at a high role a higher um, high number of Democrats uh-huh. what, what, what's help me out man what's the this thinking is that a is that a good political strategy to continue to give your vote? Um, why, so, I know there's a lot of questions. Why do you think um, we continue? <laughs> no, no. One, these are all very valid questions. Yeah. The only thing that I I would think that is flawed by the by the scope of it, right, is uh-huh. the fact that it's it's too limited. Okay. Let's go back to let's go back to the Emancipation Proclamation. Okay. We just celebrated Juneteenth, you know, a few days ago. Yeah. Um, hopefully, everyone had an opportunity of being able to celebrate that. And what Juneteenth is was that you know slaves in Galveston, Texas, um, were first um, told that they were free on June nineteenth. 1865 but the framework behind all of this is that in 1861 began the civil war okay okay the emancipation proclamation was written in 1863 january 1st of 1863 however the civil war wasn't over until 1865 that means during the emancipation proclamation that the that there was still a civil war that was being fought 
Civil War included the seceded states. The Emancipation Proclamation only applied to the seceded states, meaning that slavery was still legal in the Union states. Okay. In, in, in the Union? In, in the Union states. Okay. So it, slavery was still legal in Kentucky, in Ohio, in Pennsylvania, in New York, in New Jersey, in Maine, in Vermont, in Rhode Island. If okay. I mean, if existed, right? It was yeah. only illegal in the southern states. Now, why is this important? Well, Abraham Lincoln was a Republican, right? Uh-huh. So it was the Republican Party that primarily fought for the Union. And the Republican Party that freed the slaves. Right? right? Yeah. It was Southern Democrats, and this is where we, we well, we get into partisanship and things of that nature, but it was the Democrats wanted to maintain slavery, primarily fought for the South or the Confederacy. Okay. Right? So you're talking about all treasonous who actually and again they don't necessarily consider themselves to be democrat or or republican necessarily at this time per se because they had their own president okay they had their own general and they had their own army and they printed their own money so there's actually confederate money dollars and everything else to for their currency during this particular time in order why they so they self-funded themselves to being able to operate separately from the union why is this important so after the emancipation proclamation after juneteenth when when everyone was notified that one that the confederacy had lost the south had lost and everyone needed to then do go into the great compromise and then you have the 14th amendment which then gives African-American males the right to vote, you now see a, sur- a, a surge in the uh, in African-American registration um, to vote. And many of them also started getting into politics okay. and started running for office. So some of your sheriffs, state uh, delegates, uh, state senators, and members of Congress are african-american males okay so what then happened is that whites started joining the republican party in order to push african-americans out of office before the night before the turn of the century between 1865 and 1900 we had almost 1500 african-americans that were in elected offices throughout the country Mm. by the turn of the century we dwindled down to single digits to nearly none. Wow. And what then happened is you had Jim Crow that came in place. Okay. And so what Jim Crow wound up doing is starting bringing back the because again you start seeing places like Baltimore come up, DC, uh, Richmond, um, Rosewood down in, and I'm talking about this turn of the century now, so we're not talking about, you know, what we see today, yeah. right? We're talking about these are prominent areas, Tulsa, Oklahoma, that places that are considered to be Black Wall Streets, you know, saying, of their of their era and their time, and because these places, by 
by today's standard generated millions of dollars you talking about doctors and masons uh masonry and carpenters and you know taxi we own taxis we own hotels we own houses we own we you know own medical practices all these different things um so what that wound up shaping was a lot of resentment and so then you get what's called a dixie crack okay right have you heard of those yeah right so those are southern white democrats that wanted to that became segregationist mm. right so they were still registered democrats because they were always registered as democrats and black people were still registered as republicans okay through the through the turn of the century from the 1900s all the way up until 19 around about 1968 but what happens during that time right so you have the emancipation proclamation that's written Lincoln is assassinated. Fast forward to them um, talking about doing the Civil Rights Act and the Voter Rights Act, and Kennedy is assassinated. Then you have Lyndon Johnson, who then signs those things into law, and then the Fair Housing Act of 1968, which then, um, which which then allowed for blacks to being able to receive fair um, percentage rates and abilities to being able to purchase a home. Okay. So that's where you start to see this change. But also, during this time, between 1955, you had Emmett Till, who was killed. You had the um, you, you had the, the uh, Freedom Riders uh, who were found in, in Mississippi. You had the assassination of, King, uh, of Kennedy. You had the assassination of Malcolm X. You had the assassination of Dr. King. You had the assassination of, of Kennedy. You had the assassination of Fred Hampton in Chicago. There's where your change happens. Okay. Because those Republicans, and this is a term that people forget about, is the party of Lincoln. Okay. Not necessarily the shame the shared the same shared values of today where you think of Republican and Democrat. Understand. Gotcha. Gotcha. Let, let me ask you this. Um did they switch uh, a compromise? I, I know that I don't know if that's a myth. Mm -hmm. Um eighteen hundreds where they said my understanding it was supposed to be that from um the Republicans became the Democrats and vice versa or something. Was that no, no, that didn't take place. I mean, the Great Compromise was a number of different things. We're talking about the with, between sharecropping and 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 what and what rules that they were able to maintain, you know, in in the South, right? Um, the um, where they made the they received all of those Confederate soldiers. Okay. Because if you look up treason, right, treason has a certain type of death that comes with it. These individuals were, I mean, once they were, you know, whether they were captured, they became prisoners of war, um, but they were treasonous. But you have places that are then now named after, like Robert E. Lee became the president of Washington College, which is not known as Washington and Lee. Right, 
yeah. Fort Lee is named after Robert E. Lee. Fort A.P. Hill is named after uh... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you have all these different things to where they try to cover up and embrace you know the Confederate soldiers um, and and uh, and as as part of their reconciliation, so that they can continue to be a part of the economy and not feel like they needed to secede. Mm. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Nah. Nah. I mean, it definitely shed light on a lot of different things, man. Um, so, uh-huh. so it just kind of appeared that. I mean, African American. Well, in my opinion, African American um, experience in America, man, has been one. Has... But um, before I ask you this question, um, yeah, did, did the when 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 uh, for losing the the, the slaves when slavery was over, yeah, did they, did they get reparations for the, for the uh, slaves they lost? Yes, like, they did. Okay, I think. Yeah. yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. And then they and then they instituted um they instituted sharecropping. Mm, okay. Right? So as as a part of the Emancipation Proclamation, where general and, and, and the most important component of the Emancipation Proclamation was general order number three, right? As a general order number three, paraphrasing was to state that everyone, all slaves, um, or any persons that were considered to be slaves were now free. Um, and to be referred to between the, the slave and the, the former slave and former slave master will now enter into agreement as the employee uh, or the laborer and the employer, right? And all slaves, former slaves, were to actually were ordered by the Emancipation Proclamation or by General Order Number Three to remain at their now their home, wow. right? Because there were no resources for them. I mean, anywhere in in a countryside, right? Just driving. Yeah. You know, have you driven in Georgia, Atlanta before? I know. North Carolina, South Carolina, anywhere like that? I've been to like Durham, but I ain't. No problem. Don't worry about it. Between Richmond, after you leave out of Richmond, going towards going towards Dorm, so you go on, uh, I think what you get on eighty five, yeah, you get on eighty five. Uh-huh. Even going past Dinwiddie and going down to the bottom of Virginia, ain't a whole lot of stores or nothing down that way. Yeah, right. So imagine if you ain't, and this is eighteen sixty five or even eighteen sixty three, eighteen anything. Ain't no cars. Yeah. Everybody was a horse. So if you were slave, you were born into slavery. Maybe you know how to read. Maybe you don't. Mm-hmm. But now you're free. Where are you going? Yeah, it's nowhere to. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> right. You can't sit there and say, "Oh, I got my auntie up the street. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go over there." And you don't know who nobody yet. That's all you're exposed to, in a sense. Yeah. All you, all you know is right. So here's the thing: now sharecropping. You now go from my property. You're now my employee. Mm. 
and I'm supposed to now give you wages on the crops that just yesterday you did for free. Yeah, understand. Right, we got we have today in 2022 we have problems, racial issues within the workplace. Uh-huh. What was it like for a, a, a former slave who's supposed to be a sharecropper on the land in which they were just a slave? Yeah, I can, yeah, I can only imagine, man. That, yeah. Exactly. exactly. It, right. So I mean, so it did. It didn't just because the Emancipation Proclamation was written, just because Juneteenth had taken place, did not necessarily give equal opportunity uh, or even an equitable chance for those individuals to being able to 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 thrive or to survive for that matter. Gotcha. Because we were going to enforce it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Nobody uh, definitely enforced that, especially the, the economic gain that it was getting from that. Oh yeah. From from, um, from slavery. Right. I say the same because it, it almost appears, like I said, the African well, African um, in America is definitely unique. So it it appears based on it kind of makes a lot makes sense to me, right? Is that the African American voter thinking about this is basically it's contingent upon who gives us the most freedoms in a sense. So so it appeared, you know, it was uh, with Lincoln, and so we was loyal to that particular party, right? But then mm-hmm. the civil rights and what Lyndon B. Johnson gave us, uh, we became um, and a whole lot, whole, uh, a whole lot of other different uh, people that was oppressed um, got rights in that too. With the civil rights, it appeared that our, our loyalty just kind of changed based off of what we were, um, in a sense, what what party appeared to be um, giving us something for our vote. And right. So. You're, you're, I mean, one, you're, you're taking a, I think, a, a warranted critical look at it, right? Or it's a warranted critical question, right? But let's, let's, let's examine it. Yeah. You had to fight for your right to vote since 1865. Yeah. You, I mean, right now, being the age that we are, we've had at least almost 17 years, 16 years of of the right to vote. <clears throat> right? Yeah. But if your parents were born before 1964, they weren't even born with the right to vote. Yeah, absolutely. If your grandparents and your grandparents didn't have no shot at the right to vote. Yeah, they didn't have a... So it's not even something that's been practiced. Mm. You only have really one, maybe two generations. Mm. Really only one generation that was born with the right to vote. My mom was was born before 1963. She was not born with the right to vote. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. So you... So you're, you're talking about this is not this is not something that we've we've been accustomed to. We take for granted today that we have the right to vote. 
that we have the right to that we have we have certain civil rights that had to be re-established through the Civil Rights Act. Yeah. Of 1964. The Voter Rights Act of 1965. And then today, if we have a house, bought a house, whatever it can be, we are a beneficiary of the Fair Housing Act of 1968. Mm. So look at your you said your grandfather fought in the Korean War. Yeah. He does his service. He doesn't even, he doesn't even have the benefit to go to go purchase a house. Yeah. I, I, and that's and that's it's crazy, man. Yeah. And and to be to be mistreated. Yeah. Cause when you take that uniform off, you a black man. No one knows of your service until you tell them. And that's, that's still true to this day. Um, a good perspective you had gave, man. I know we talked about that earlier. Uh, uh-huh. About just, just, I guess. Well, in a sense, like I just, I think I just started with. Um, I want to say 2008 when I first uh-huh. voted. Um, mm-hmm. so that's relatively, uh, you know, new. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how you broke it down about, you know, from from Lincoln um, onto the Civil Rights Act. Um, yeah, it does make sense that you know we would vote based off of the, the, the group or the party that appears to be giving us um, rights in the sense that we never, in the sense, never really had. Mm-hmm. But, Best opportunity. Yeah. Um, so, man. <laughs> so, so I'm thinking, right? I'm thinking. Uh-huh. Because I remember, man, um, it was, it was a, a vice, vice president, right? She went on a so this is what I, I'm starting to think, man. Realize that nobody's really done anything. Well, I can't say that. I can't say that. So anyway, so it was. Um, I was about to say nobody's done anything specifically for black people, but I'm not going to say that. But um, I'm gonna say this. Um, no, that's a that's a great. I want you to answer your, ask your question, right? If you have a different question, but I want to clarify what it means to do something for black people. Yeah, what, what is that? Because I hear, I hear that a lot, a lot. Yeah, this person didn't do this for black people. This person didn't do that for black people. Uh, people, you know, trying to uh, uh, to uh, kind of downplay the significance of, of President Obama and things of that nature. So this is this is how politics work, and I'm sure you remember Schoolhouse Rock. You know, schoolhouse right? I'm no. I'm a bill. I'm only a bill. This I'm only a bill on, on sitting on Capitol Hill. But anyways, okay, cool. You didn't you didn't hear about it. Anyway, the people, the pre okay, let's go to the preamble. The preamble starts off we the people of the United States in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice and sort of domestic, domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare and but anyways, it, the beginning begins with we the people. Yeah. So we, the people, are supposed to make proposals that get sent to our member of Congress, our representative. Right? That representative then, you know, 
goes, looks over it, makes you know certain corrections, add things, or whatever it can be, but goes back to the people to sit there and say, "Hey, this is these are the changes that we made. Is this what y'all still want?" Okay. Because their job is to only vote for it. Okay. Advocate for it. Our job is to submit it, and then continue to advocate and push for it. We haven't really done that since the 1960s. And why haven't we done that? Because they killed all the leaders who were leading those movements. They then instilled fear in subsequent leaders, which reason why we didn't really have anything going on in the 70s or the 80s. Well, in, until maybe about the 80s, we had a disjointed Black Panther Party that was hanging on and, and people, you know, took, you know, uh, extreme viewpoints or, or docile viewpoints or passive, view, not docile, but more passive approaches or whatever the case may be. But there was no one singular leader. Now, yeah. Go ahead. Now, oh, man. I mean, you, you bring. Uh, yeah, you definitely. <laughs> now, you definitely bring up a. Uh, uh, a good point about that, man. Only place I can think of the, the ones I just got top of my head was uh, MLK and uh, uh, Malcolm X. Um, and yeah, also- yeah, Mega <laughs> Evers. You had you had Robert Abernathy. You had A. Philip Randolph. You had there was a number of people who who were doing their thing. You had the 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 most prominent person. You know, well, I mean, just off the top, you know, saying was uh, Shirley Chisholm. In 1972, which was the first African American female to run for president, I've just heard about her. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, there are not a lot of people who actually give uh, like a lot more credence to what she did because she did not run under the Democratic or Republican ticket. Okay, so she wasn't a part of the quote unquote two major political parties. Yeah. To your point, like, as far as like why black, you know, African Americans or black people follow, you know, you 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 were pigeonholing, you know, African Americans from from a large portion, statistically speaking, obviously not 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 that it wasn't unfair, uh, yeah. but to to just towards the the Democratic Party, but the thing is that everyone is is relegated to either or. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and there's there's nothing you you can't you can't be independent. You can't be the Green Party. You can't be the any other particular political party. But that wasn't the issue when the political parties that first started because they all started as the Whig Party, the this party, the that party in you know back George Washington days, and it's so the back of the very beginning of 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 politics and, and elected officials. But that wasn't an issue until you know people quote unquote force you to to make sides, pick sides, mm-hmm. you know. And then yes, ideologies did change, but you know it it there's it's just I think it's when we ask just a singular question, mm-hmm. it's a it's a it's a good question for that singular issue. But there are so many there's so it's it's nuanced, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. And so therefore it you in order to have an understanding like we have to kind of look at the the, the, the whole picture yeah yeah no nah, I mean um you may kind of, I'm just thinking about it uh because when you, you just see the conditions 
and um, you're like, man, like nobody is doing anything specifically for black folks. But when you think about it, I mean, it, when I get what you're saying is, um, it appears that you know one of the ways to get through some of this stuff is through being become politically more active mm-hmm. and not what's going on. Yeah, um, but but I mean, again, like if if we're not careful, uh, we might see that uh, you know what I mean. Like our vote might not count. But I'm starting to just talking to you, man, and just kind of analyzing this thing and um, thinking about this stuff. Like this is kind of how you, in a sense, kind of make you know um changes no absolutely um but but again like i said um i think my opinion i think um i think what happens is man sometimes we just just get caught up in you know just trying to survive um you know not necessarily i guess you know living living in poverty just so many different things that it takes our attention um, that it sometimes it makes it hard for. I mean, it's not gonna make it excuses, man. But anyway, it just it makes it more challenging um, to think our our, um, our our vote count and or to to even like really care because it's. I used to hear people say like, man, none of the politicians do anything for me. You know, so why you know why would I vote and stuff in a sense, you know? Because uh, you're not doing you, you. They're not doing anything for you. You're supposed to do it for yourself. And, and I think so. Go ahead. I think that becomes from oppression, man. And I, I, I think again, this podcast is all about self improvement, man, and and, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> and uh, being critical thinkers, man, and moving forward. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think, some, my opinion, I think sometimes, my opinion, I think it comes from feeling like you know that we either that we can't, or we haven't seen it, always feel like you know we're always oppressed or under attack. Um, living this life um you know black black person in america you know um what's your thoughts man that you know sometimes i'm like we don't really in the grand scheme of things that you know we're always oppressed and that somebody holding us down that in my opinion like we don't value it appears we're not value our life and also if i don't value my life why would i also value the common man or value this politics stuff if i feel like my life doesn't have value off of all right so here's the thing so multiple things can be true at the same time yeah so it's it's not that it's it's either or it's kind of like both and you know it's it's kind of like that because unfortunately because we have gone through so many different times you can have that same excuse for slavery mm-hmm. and if, if they thought collective like if if nobody had ever stepped up then we would all still be slaves I understand yeah I got you yeah so it's one of those things that we can't we can't you know rest on on just that because we we're we're in 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 a state of uh oppression and or depression because you know obviously this you know this podcast uh, touches on mental health so those things you know saying come into play i mean if you don't have the confidence to being able to step up i think we uh, we discussed touched on this earlier in, in our, our, our off the uh <laughs> off the audio recorded conversation um like if you don't have the confidence to being able to do it if you don't have an example of how it's to be done you know sometimes it's difficult to be the first person to to step up 
and, and to do something. Yeah. Um, but fortunately, we've had individuals to do it. So the thing about it, it has been done. I understand. Gotcha. And so therefore, it can be repeated. So then you have, uh, so do you have the desire to do it? You know, like, do you even want to do it? Like we don't like we've had so many like so people oftentimes refer back to the Montgomery um, bus boycott, which I'm sure you're familiar with, right? With Rosa Parks and, um, but now a lot of people realize that 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 boycott was a year and a half. Yeah, it was a long. Yeah, absolutely. But it was a year and a half in Alabama. <clears throat> Have you ever been to Alabama? Nah, I never, I never been to Alabama, but you, but listen, I don't even care if you've been to Alabama. You've yeah. had some hot summers in in Maryland, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Could you imagine this nineteen fifty five? Not every car has AC. Not every car has this. But you walk into work. Yeah. Or losing your job. So you're talking about, you know, a socioeconomic impact and burden on your family, on yourself. Can't get to school, can't get here because you're, you know, participating in this in this boycott. To go for a year and a half through every summer, through every winter, through all the rain, through all the storms, through all any hurricanes that ever came through there, anything that happened down in Alabama, you're doing this without the comfort and luxury of a bus. Yeah. And now, and to be fair, everyone didn't participate. Yeah. But, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. But enough people did in order to being able to change it. Okay. We have issues with Gucci or with this, you know, with the monkeys on this and that and whatever case may be. We can't go three weeks on a boycott. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> we can't go three. His and half of us can't afford the real stuff, anyways. Yeah. Living beyond our means in order to be able to 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 wear a particular product. Most people can't don't know where any of these places originated from, don't know the histories behind them, nor do they even care enough about whatever uh wrong was done against our people to to mock us. But can't even do that long enough to make any particular uh, necessary chain change, and then some other company does it, and then we boycott them for a period of about a week or two, or three weeks, or a month, or whatever, and then we go right back to buying it. So we don't even have the will or desire to being able to do anything. We just got an anti-lynching bill last year. Yeah, yeah. But the situation down in 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 the Asian Americans. When they when uh, with the unfortunate, you know, massacre that took place at those uh, various uh, massage parlors and, and and everything else that took place, and, and those 
uh, I think there were six um, Asian females that were killed. Uh, I think they were Korean. Um, I I right. I, I, and, and so, and, and forgive me because I, I don't uh, recall uh, right off top, but there was a bill signed into law within like three or four months. Yeah. That, that community moved. But there's something. It wasn't the president. It wasn't it, it it was it was the community that recognized something, but they also, you know, and, and they and they put their full so and it won't they weren't all on the TV making a whole bunch of noise. The pen is mightier than the sword at all times. Mm. So, so what I, what I get what you're saying is, in a sense, this is a good conversation. And I, I, want, I want to bring you back to that leadership question because we do got leaders, man. We do, <laughs> we got these leaders, man. But um, what you're saying is, in a sense, is that we, for whatever reason, we, we kind of lost our ability. And it could just be, you know, our values have changed. And even what, I, what we think about ourselves, our respect for ourselves, mm-hmm. is that we don't have to. It's kind of like, um, man, it's almost like we don't necessarily. Uh, we have challenges with. We play a role in this, in a sense. Yes. Say that again. And, and it says what I'm saying is that we we play a role in our own demise, in a sense. Oh yeah. Things that yeah. Um, I, I, but I, see, I think I think what it, what it is also I think we get help. And I think the toughest thing is, man, is um, which I think I'll do a podcast on this. How do you change from being a victim to a victor? You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I think uh-huh. But I do think in certain, got to get to a point where you can get, uh, I say get over, but uh, face the challenges and become a victim, a, a victor of the thing you've been through. You know? Okay. Like not allowing you know just for ancestors or what we experience now um to define who we are you know um in a sense i don't want to keep rambling but i, I, I do think this, i get what you're saying make, making a good point man also changing my perspective and i hope you know for listeners think about this as well man is that you know we, we do kind of play stuff just don't have to just happen to us we can you know you know we can be proactive in a sense um and try right. to um you know change and stuff like that um so yeah. So to, to to kind of address that, you know, so one of the things that that needs to change is how anybody else you you're a clinician, right? Yeah. Trade, right? And how does one person change their behaviors? Well, they have to change their mindset. Yeah. No, I mean that's I mean, but that's in, in all things. In but, all but, things, whether whether you're in whether you got an addiction. Yeah. Whether you're in in, in a, a, a a domestic violent relationship, yeah, right. Whether you uh, are in a certain living condition, yeah, right. All of those things come down to a mindset. But but but, uh, but Ernest, I think I think half what the battle is no one. Half, yeah, half the battle is no one. But part of but part of part of that is the work that you do outside of this podcast. Yeah. The work that you're doing with this podcast, which is which is so important to be intentional about the messaging, and then when you develop the message, then be intentional about the target. Like, who is this designed for? Who needs to hear this? 
and then how do and then how do we take it to the next level the thing about it is a lot of us we do we do just one step and we don't think beyond that step okay so we go and we vote but we don't think beyond voting right mm-hmm. we don't we don't again we don't go to the reason why i mentioned about attending the meetings and stuff like that is because we, we're in this together I didn't vote for you just for you to go in and, and to do a job. You're doing the job for me. Yeah. Right. So I, I forgot. I, I use this, this analogy, you know, oftentimes with, with people. Uh-huh. So, um, you, you, ha, have you ever ran your own business or, or thinking about running your own business? Yeah. Do you I, I you want to? Yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Right. Uh, right now, you you work for some other people right now, but you you working on your stuff to, so you can get your own, right? Yeah. Cool. So you run your own. You you start your business, right? If you hire people to come in to do a particular job, but you don't tell them what your expectations are for the job, like they got a general job description, right? But you don't tell them what your expectations are. You don't tell them like when lunch is or when they need to come back or if they need to call in and check in here and there work. It's me. So if something messes up in the business, whose fault is it? It's the owner's, yeah. It's the owner's fault. It's the employer's fault, right? You can't yeah. blame the employee. You only gave them a general job description. So if they follow in to the bare minimum or whatever the case may be, then that's what they're doing, bare minimum, right? Yeah. As long as it's within the job description, how are you getting upset at me? You're right. Yeah. <laughs> so, but the thing is, is that our elected officials are our employees. Mm. We don't give them explicit instructions. And so I'm speaking sort of the, the black community, right? We're not yeah. giving explicit instructions. We're not, you know, setting the expectations, right? Then we're not holding them accountable when they don't do the things necessary that we expected. So if they continue to do something, and again, you can equate this to a a domestic relationship too. You keep allowing the person to yell at you, beat you, neglect you, or whatever case may be, and you don't say anything or you don't hold the person accountable for it, they're going to continue to do it. If we don't hold our elected officials accountable to the things that they they said that they were going to do, you know what I'm saying? Then, But the thing is, is that we have had to also do our part. We can't blame the person who's doing wrong when we didn't tell them that it was wrong. Right, so you can't sit there and say that. Oh, I don't like this. All of a sudden, you didn't tell me what you wanted. Yeah, and, and, and you and you bringing up a good point, man. Because um, I think I felt victim to that. Like you know, the Democrats never did anything for a particular group, but it's kind of like if I pledge my allegiance, right? And I'm mm-hmm. not really requesting anything. Um, I know me. You know, I'm 39. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, talking to you, I'm even thinking about looking to get a politics, man, or at least becoming more educated on this field, man, or at least trying to do more of my, my, um, you know, within this um, community I live in, man. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm, um, it's like it makes sense, man. If I, how could you, how can you be mad at me and you never demand that I do anything for you? You want to keep voting for me, <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? It, 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 it kind of like just dawned on me. It's almost like shared responsibility. You it, know what I mean? it yes, like, exactly. You can't keep and I and I 
you can't keep blaming, you know, like, hey, the Democrats never did anything for me. But if you just keep uh, giving them the vote, just because, I don't know. You know, somebody said, you, if you know you're black, you don't, you know, don't vote for me, you ain't black. Just because of social pressure, whatever the reason, mm-hmm. not necessarily really participating and, and uh, requesting. And like you said, we the people, if you're not demanding from people, then um, you can't really be mad at them, man. <laughs> no. Because you, you, first, we ain't, not, we ain't necessarily really uh, say we're going to do anything specific for you. And then secondly, you're not necessarily really um, asking anything specifically from us. You're just giving us our vote first. Loyalty. Right. So, so again, so like again, whether it's a relationship or whether it's a job, you know, what I'm saying like you, you, like again, you get the job description, you know, you go in, you tell, you tell the the the, you know, your employer, you know, you tell them all the good stuff. Now, yeah. Yeah. I'm a hard worker. You know, I'm coming in. You know, I, I look to 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 stay with this company. You know, and everything else. And they're like, okay, well, this is what we're looking for. You know, and it looks like you meet all the criteria for it, whatever the case may be. And then neither one of you is accountable to nothing. Yeah. You come in to work, you supposed to be there at 7 30, you get there at nine. Don't nobody say nothing to you. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Or they may sit there and say, hey, hey, you know, hey, 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 Carter, could you, you know, could you come in a little earlier? You'd be like, ah, I think about it. You know what I'm saying? And then you just go off and do your thing. And no one says anything. And then you keep your job. Yeah. You keep getting the raise. You keep uh-huh. getting the praise. You keep and people keep saying that, or oh, well, he's doing an okay job, you know. And he, and he, you don't look at no other candidates for the job that's not necessarily getting done. Mm. That's but that's but that's what's happening. Like yeah. we're not we're not holding people accountable to it. We'll sit there and we'll say all day, "Oh, you're not you didn't do anything for us," but then we keep you. You're still you still on the job. Yeah. <laughs> why? And why? And, but in what business sense does that? In what business world does that make sense? Yeah, it makes none at all. Yeah. None at all. Yeah. But and so and here's the thing. Now we have a person who's highly qualified, who wants to do a good job, who will, who will, who will allow for you to actually hold them accountable. Wants to be held accountable. But are yeah. you giving them the support that they need? Yeah. If you right, so if you hire people to do a particular job, but you don't give them the tools that they need, right? If you hire other clinicians and they don't have a cell phone, they don't got a, a work computer, you know what I'm saying? They they got a uh, they supposed to have a, 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 a office space, but you gave them a cubicle or told them to go to to Starbucks and use a hotspot on their own computer and their own cell phone. Yeah, you're not getting the best quality of work. But the thing about it is, is that maybe that person is going to bust their butt and try to do everything that they can, but it, it's inadequate. Yeah. Right? They don't have enough support. So we're so as even regardless of whatever party a person is in, you have we have to be supportive of the and of what they're trying to do. We have to present them with initiatives that we need for them to follow through with. But then we also have then have to follow through as well. We have to go to those meetings. We have to meet with our elected officials. A lot of people don't even know who their elected officials are. Never met them. Never met them. But they have all everything in the world to say about them. Never attended a meeting. Yeah. 
never been i mean i can probably it, there's a lot i ain't gonna ask but there's a lot of people probably never been to the general assembly before never been to a congressional hearing before on any particular topic gotcha Hey man, I'm one of them people, man. I need that. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't, that's why I ain't asked. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't like, I don't like putting people on the spot. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, it's not necessarily like this podcast is not for just for you. I think we we become um we be, we can also benefit from it, but it's this is this is for your listeners, this is for the people. This is hopefully. You know, by you sitting there saying that you want to get more involved, this is hopefully, you know, going to allow a space for someone else to feel like they need to be more involved. They need to be more educated about something. And and it was great that you said that because there are so many different ways to be involved. You don't have to be the elected. And I I make a distinction. Let me say this first. I make a distinction between a politician and an elected official right okay. now a politician to me is a person who is more about the politics okay right so they're more party over people okay. an elected official is a representative of the people so they are more people over party so okay. i represent you and mm-hmm. my job is to do what you say because you re- you elected me. Whether you in 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 Fort Washington, Maryland, or the Baltimore, Maryland, Springfield, Virginia, Richmond, Virginia, if this is my district, my area, then these are the people who elected me, and my job is to do their will, the will of the people. Right? It's a lonely place to be in. Mm-hmm. If the people are not supporting you, mm. and so do, do you think that's why some a lot of these elected officials turn into politicians? Absolutely, because I believe a lot of people go in with are well intended. Yeah, right. They go in with the passion because one, they're some maybe a little what we consider to be green, right? If you talk in the street, somebody green or naive, you know, and um. And, and they go in with the belief because I had all these people come to my rallies and gave me and gave me money to support my campaign. They done, you know, patted me on my back and made me kiss their babies and shook my hand. And, you know, and then when I get to when I get to Congress or I get to the General Assembly or I get to city council and I look out in the audience and ain't none of the people that voted for me there. Understand, yeah. So now I'm I'm a I'm a sheep amongst wolves. Mm, yeah, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So how am I supposed to what am I supposed to do? Yeah. Because yeah. I because here's the thing. There's strength in numbers, right? Yeah. So if I represent 220,000 people and I got 215,000 people that's riding with me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Who's messing with me? Yeah. I mean, if you think if you think about it, right? How does I mean let's you know break it down for you know the the you know person in the street? The most the the most notorious kingpin, Wolf Kings and B, had the deepest crew that rolled the hardest. Yeah, stripping numbers in a sense, yeah. Absolutely. 
I can take over this block or that block and the next block because we deeper than everybody else. <clears throat> then on top of that, we we serious about the business that we trying to that we trying to do. Yeah. So no matter where you go, we there. And it, and if something happens over here, best believe we going to respond in kind. Catch it back. Yeah. So the thing is, is that when it comes down to making serious change in our communities, when it comes down to that, we have to have that type of mentality. Like we showing up to every rally. We showing up to every uh, testimonial and hearing when it comes down to criminal justice reform, when it comes down to educational reform, when it comes down to, you know, lowering taxes or infrastructure, you know, reforms. All of those different things, we there. Everywhere you turn, that's where we are. And on top of that, we have businesses that complement the efforts that we want to see within our communities. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So when 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 that's when that's the situation, who you you ain't got no choice but to eventually give in. Because you can't, I mean, again, from a from a from a street level, you can't you can't deal with that day in and day out. Yeah, you might get one or two of us, but I promise you we coming for 15 of yours. Gotcha. gotcha. You know what I'm saying? And when it comes down to politics, you know what I'm saying, to, to keep it you know, legit and in, 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 in the topic and area that we're talking about. Like, yeah, there may be some people that are going to, to suffer along the way when it comes down to certain things in here. But no matter what you do, we're still going to push this issue. Got you. And, and in the civil rights movement, that's how those things, that's how those 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 things got passed. Because yeah, we, we stayed marching. We stayed in the, we, you always, you, when you do uh, Martin Luther King documentaries, you always see him in the White House. Yeah. Since the 1950s, he had the, 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 the ear of the President of the United States. Yeah, he, definitely, definitely. It, 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 I mean, I think it, it, it was, some people were split, but I think he had the uh, support of the people as well, you know? And yeah, people definitely were split. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. I mean, why, why? Yeah, why you shaking things up? We we good. Like we we got, you know. So what? So a couple of us get beat over the head. You know. You know. We, we I'm I'm still able to to work in the factory. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because everyone had factory job. I mean, you, if you think about it, the differences between yesterday and today, you can graduate from high school, mm-hmm. right? Go get a union job. Yeah. yeah and make a good living. Yeah, <laughs> with the, I mean, you and your family. I mean, I mean, you could take care of your family. I mean, you're talking about you know, bread was fifty cents, gas was forty five cents a gallon. You know, sixty cents a gallon between the 1960s and 1970s. I mean, you, you, yeah, yeah. You, I mean, and so when people sit there and say, "Well, you know, we got kids today; don't even stay on the job," you know, longer than you know, three or four years, and then they bounce around moving here. I mean, yeah, the economy has changed. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot, it's a lot. Yeah, it's, it's not. I mean, it, I'm, I promise you, if, if we made decent money mm-hmm. at a job and constantly got promoted 
and had opportunity to stay and grow within that company, we probably would stay at a job for that long. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, and maybe. I mean, at the end of the day, I I, I don't want to I don't want to work until I'm sixty something years old. Me yeah. and you, we, yeah, we the same age. So yeah. I'm not I'm not trying to work until until that time because what they wound up what they really did, and this is another conversation, you know, difference of a conversation, but they really worked us just like slaves hmm. because they you work right. Yeah. And so you're no longer at a working age. Got you. Got you. And then you're quarter age. Then you're able to retire and enjoy the fruits and the benefit of, of not of no longer doing labor. Yeah. But you're not you're not necessarily in a position to being able to to not work. It's like yeah. you don't get a job that pays you enough. Like most people don't get the hit six figures until they until they end they late 30s and not talking about most people yes there are some people who made six figures since they were 20 something years old god yeah. bless them right That's um and, and there's some people who make you know high six figures they 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 at at, at 39 40 they making 250 250,000 a year right now right yeah. but the thing is is that what society works is that it don't even matter that you made that amount of money because now you live in a lifestyle that you can't really afford either so even yeah. though you made two hundred fifty thousand dollars, you still got a five thousand dollar a month mortgage. Yeah, that you can't sustain. Yeah, you that you can't necessarily right. Now you still you still got to work the same number of hours. Yeah, spend the same amount of time away from your family mm -hmm. in order to make that kind of money to sustain the lifestyle that you live in. So you still can't retire until you sixty five. Also, yeah. Yeah, and by, right, and so by that time, what? How much life do you really have left, anyways? And hopefully, we all got as much life as 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 as, as the Almighty will, will allow for us to have, right? Yeah, absolutely. But you don't. But you don't. You don't. You don't worked out all your the the quote unquote best years of your life. Yeah, for with a, for another company. Yeah, for yeah. another company. And there's a saying that that we that we sacrifice our health in order to build our wealth. And then sacrifice our wealth to maintain our health. Mm. Wow. Say that one more time. <laughs> For the people in the back. So yeah. we we sacrifice our health yeah. to gain our wealth. Yeah. Then sacrifice our wealth to maintain our health. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I definitely um I, I I agree with that, man. Um you know, I think about um, I think about it now, like how I think about how, not only physical but also mental health. Yes, absolutely. Yes, I, I, I do kind of think um, I'm kind of glad that that's kind of in the mainstream now. A lot of people talking about the importance of not only physical health but also your your you know the sense of your mental health. Mm -hmm. Sure that that is getting the same amount of um, you know attention, uh, you know as well as well as the uh, the physical health man. Um, what what it appears now is um, for what I see. I don't know, man. I feel like a lot of people. I, I think it, Beyonce' new song. This is my understanding. She was talking about leaving, leave your nine to five job or something, like that, leaving your job or something, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's becoming popular. I don't know how many people are successful. I, honestly, I think it's more women entrepreneurs than men. I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but I think it, I think that's the statistic. But it appears, man, that uh, people that I know, some people are quitting their nine to five, man, and are actually trying to become entrepreneurs how successful they are i don't you know i don't get the reports 
but it appears that people are going that way and where they you know 95 percent of, of businesses fail that's what, yeah like in the first three years right yeah first three years 95 percent of businesses fail <laughs> got you so it might <laughs> i mean i mean that's that's that that's a that's a that's a ever uh, yeah. Er, yeah that's that's a long living statistic you know and so it, it, even if it had dropped to ninety percent you know yeah. by some some odd reason or whatever the case may be you know it, that's still the vast majority of of businesses that you know and then and then and out and out of that ninety five percent the quote unquote that fail. There's still a percentage of those, and and my business being one of those, that doesn't necessarily generate enough money. Yeah. So you're like you're 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 a business in name, mm-hmm. like my I have a business, quote unquote, that's in name, yeah. you know, but I'm not generating where I think that you know as far as it's a sustaining business and that it's beyond me that I actually have an employee, right? So it's I'm I'm a, a a solopreneur, which is a you know a, a newer age word, right? Yeah. Um, but that all it means is I work for myself. <laughs> you know? One of the things somebody was telling me about this is um, uh-huh. you could do tax benefits because of that, right? You can write. Is that, I mean, is that a myth that you or is it no, true? no, no, no? It's absolutely true. No, it's absolutely true. There are tax benefits from one. You, if you have your EIN number, if you have certain expenses like your laptop, Wi-Fi, a portion of your home can actually be written off uh, for your office space or in-home office space, uh, cell phone bill, gas, uh, dry cleaning, uh, portions of you know outings for for dinner uh you can write off so there's a number of of tax benefits that do come with businesses and so one thing that was mentioned during the debates of the previous administration where was someone who said that they were really smart for not paying any taxes yeah and although that the statement is is kind of insensitive right to the vast majority of americans who pay an absorbent amount of taxes of their minimal salaries that that are earned right the statement's still true it is smart because it's the one thing that everyone's trying everyone's looking for a tax refund right yeah, gotcha. So that means right. So every everyone. So if you're not, if you're, if, and if you don't get a tax refund, the one thing you don't want to do is pay more in taxes. That's what I've been saying, man. Right. So the thing is, is that, and so every time income comes in, everyone is already taxed. Hmm. So you pay income taxes. Those taxes are already paid. He's not. So nobody's re, is necessarily receiving non-taxed income every time you spend money it's being taxed every time you buy gas the gas is taxed every time you pay a, a bill it's already it already has taxes included yeah wow. you go out to eat taxes is included hmm. right so the more money you spend the more, the more taxes. taxes that you spend on that food you spend three hundred dollars at a club 
or you you got two hundred and fifty dollars worth of food, you probably paying another fifty dollars in taxes. Gotcha. Especially if you're in Virginia, because it's a nine percent tax. I never, I never even, yeah, I never like. <laughs> you never thought about it that way, right? Yeah. So why? So who wants to pay more taxes at the end of the year? You're right. <laughs> I know, I know, man. <laughs> Single too, man. I be getting crushed, but no, um, no. Dependence. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no dependence. No, yo, you gotta get a house or a baby, brother. <laughs> Look, and, and here's the thing. I've been doing my taxes, my own taxes, since I was uh about eighteen or nineteen. Yeah. You know, and I was looking like, man, why do I only get? Because I kept hearing about people who get like thousands of dollars. Right, I mean, you know, this person got two thousand dollars, you know, refund. And I'm like, dang, I was in school too. Like, why, why I ain't get back? Well, you, ain't, you need a house or a kid. I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, I ain't getting none, not neither one of them for a while. But okay, I, I see. You know what I'm saying? Then it's like, well, then I will start learning about business taxes and this and that and everything else. But to your point about like the purpose of of, of what you're doing with this podcast you know and being able to develop people like these are the very intentional conversations that we have to have and and understanding and all these things are are connected to one another right yeah. like how do how do you being able to gain power we well, gain power through influence that's the most important piece about power but well who's the most influential people well right now we'll sit there and suggest that it's tiktokers or people on instagram right but generally speaking it's people who have money now on tiktok and instagram you would think that the people have money but they're just most of them are just influence and they can influence whatever right so let's say who who wants to pay for the influence do i want to pay more money on on carter's on uh, on carter's uh podcast Who's yeah. talking about inspiring, you know, a, a community of people that look like him and and from places that that he comes from, right? Or do I want to pay money on people doing stupid dances? <laughs> yeah, they gonna pay stupid dances to make us dumb, man. Oh, yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> right. So I mean, you so you got people who make money on OnlyFans. Yeah, you got people that make money on Instagram and TikTok. But what are they really influencing? Now, the thing about it is, if you if you think about, so they have given China credit for creating TikTok, right? However, the content that goes to those children are usually not necessarily the content that we get fed here in America. Yeah, I was about to say that because China is different. What, what they like. yes, yeah, absolutely. But their social media period. That's intentional. I mean, that's, that's yes, it is. I mean, but how how else would you distract people? And again, you're going to distract the masses. Yeah, you're not going to distract the people who are who are who are intentional and who are conscious about what it is that they consume, right? And it's not to sit there and say that I don't, I haven't seen TikTok or I don't have it on my my phone or whatever the case may be. Yeah, but people who are intentional about what they consume, it's just like food. If you, have you ever been to another country? Uh, I've been to Dominican Republic. You've been to the Dominican Republic. Okay, cool. Food in the Dominican Republic tastes different than it does here. Yeah. <laughs> I've been I've been I've been to 
Spain. I've been to France. I've been to, I've been to several different countries around the world. Okay. It doesn't taste the same here. Understand? Because they're intentional about the food that they give to their people. We have the largest obesity rate in the world. Were you saying you talking about like the ingredients they put in the food? Yes, the ingredients that they put in the food. It's different. McDonald's and the McDonald's burger tastes different in Spain than it does in Baltimore or Virginia and, and, and that's, or Miami. And, and, and it's because of the because the, the politics. I mean, I'm not that aware, but because of the politics, it will stop. Yes, yes, it is. I know. I'm no, but see this, but this is how things. I mean, again, this is how intricate. Yeah, politics of- or governance actually is yeah and it and, and it also goes to the the lack of accountability mm. uh, yeah right so if you got the right people in office you you they'll, they'll advocate and they'll be like no this is no good for our people we're not voting for this you need to remove this or you need to remove your company from our from 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 us you lose us this whole country. Yeah. <laughs> right? Now you we're we're not we're not standing for this. But in the United States, and 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 what makes us different than, than a lot of other countries, I mean, granted, we that we I mean each country has their own either provinces or states or you know local governments and stuff like that. But we're we are the newest country in the whole entire world. Yeah, yeah. That's- you know what I'm saying? We we have we have we have a governance that is that is a hodgepodge of different you know uh, governments, right? We we we've kind of to formulate our own, um, but then our motivations and our values are different. Mm, absolutely, right? So whereas for the most part, most other more established countries, China, Japan, um, um, yeah, China and Japan, uh, I was, you know, Britain, uh, France, Spain, they have, you know, they have a collective uh, and more uh, uh, more established, you know, um, way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Right, um, and granted, there's there's differences of opinion, and not everyone believes everything that you know that that happens in society, and then that's okay. You can have civil discourse. That's the reason why there's parliaments and and other bodies of 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 governance that that are in those particular areas. But for the most part, they kind of stick to it. We don't. Yeah. And again. We have the highest rates of incarceration. We have the highest rates of obesity. We have the highest rates of of, of infant mortality. Um, the highest, obviously, in African American the African American women have the highest as far as infant mortality goes um, in this country. And all of that comes from either people wanting to be involved in the governance or staying on the side and, and pointing the blame to somebody else who didn't make the decision. Yeah. You're right. So I mean that's I mean so there you have it. I mean it's it's not it's it's not rocket science, right? 
it's a little awkward. It's a little out of most people's comfort zone. When it comes to African-Americans, it is out of our comfort zone because we haven't necessarily been made to feel comfortable when it comes to government. We don't feel comfortable around law enforcement. We don't feel comfortable when we go into courtroom settings. We don't feel comfortable, you know, in school settings. You know, every almost every area, uh, most areas where we're where we where we need to be in in order to being able to affect change, we've been we're we're not comfortable. Yeah, yeah, and I and I think that's where the, the that whole you know mental health component come into play man it's a, a lot of mistrust and it's understandable you know yes Trust conditional it, well i mean you you got a clinical background so you understand conditional learning yeah. right and it is some but it's something that it takes time to being able to undo we can't just undo it because we say that we're going to undo it yeah right we have to have repetition you know, constantly being able to, I mean, again, so how, how do you, so the, the example that was first uh, studied, you know, for, uh, for those who are not necessarily familiar with conditional learning, um, you know, there was a, an experiment that was done with a dog, right, to, to, to ring, the, uh, ring the bell, and there was food, right? So, and every time you rang the bell, the dog would receive food ring the bell dog will receive food so ring the bell dog salivates because he knows that there's going to be food right mm-hmm. and then the food was removed <clears throat> but still rang the bell still elicited the same response yeah from the dog right yeah so when people are using things like quote unquote gaslighting I don't like words like that for real uh, because a lot of stuff has just been made up for convenience um, <laughs> to kind of avoid the fact that you've been conditioned to respond to a certain, you know, to uh, whether it's something someone says, something someone does. It's still conditional learning. And there, another one they, they would say, this is good, good, this is good game right here. So it's not game. Uh-huh. They'll say they're trying to take your votes. They're trying to take your right. Your yeah, right. yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, or it was one politician in Kentucky. This man, I think he's running against uh, Rand Paul. He, uh-huh. uh, and he he actually put a noose on his uh, on his neck. <laughs> oh, gee, I'm like, yo, what is this? Um, I forgot the guy's name, man. Um, and another one they might say uh, they want to put you back. I, I haven't heard this in a while. Well, let's say want to put you back in chains, or just uh-huh. like different ways, yeah, to to um you know to, to get us emotionally um you know triggered and like you said we were talking about um could uh-huh. on to particular terms because we oppress people yeah go ahead I'm sorry yeah, yeah yeah no 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 I mean that that is I, I, that it's 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 all of those things yeah. right you know it's it, it's and again I don't I don't particularly like the word I mean it's still conditional I mean yeah it's still conditional learning but uh Charles Booker um, Never heard Charles. Who's that man? He's he was the candidate against Rand Paul. That was the guy. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Charles Booker. Yeah, uh, and he won the Democratic nomination. Um, and yeah, he faces Rand Paul in uh, in in November. 
So it, yeah, that's that's going to be a, a very interesting, an interesting race. Um, but see, and, and not and like you know, and honestly, that's this is one of the things that I think that you know that people need to pay more attention to. You know, when it comes down to uh, people being the Um, when people being more intentional about voting um, and being involved in races that are outside political races that are outside of your geographical area mm-hmm. because all of it makes you know has significant impacts like to for 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 Charles Booker to potentially be able to win Kentucky Right, uh-huh. he will be. Oh, I think probably one of the first African American oh, yeah. uh, uh, since since Reconstruction, or since yeah, since yeah, since Reconstruction, right? Um, one of the first black senators in Kentucky, because Kentucky was actually a part of the Union. Kentucky did not secede from the United States, right? However, it's still, you know, bluegrass and and a lot of, you know, KKK members and a number of other things are happening there. But if Mitch McConnell, who's, you know, more than likely still going to run, right, and probably win because he's probably going to be unopposed, he will be the so there's two senators, right? So there's a junior senator uh, and a senior senator. Okay. In the state of Virginia, senior senator is Mark Warner, junior senator is Tim Kaine. In Kentucky, junior senator is going to be Mitch McConnell, but the junior senator will be Charles Booker. Okay. And it'll be one of the first times that there will be a Democratic senator in Kentucky, mm. which will then give more control in the Senate for the Democratic Party. Why that would become more significant is because many of the initiatives that has been started for African-Americans in the African-American community will actually might have a better chance of passing mm-hmm. Because there will be more votes for the Democratic Party. So there's been a number of things that has been sent forward to the Senate that will either. And so here's the thing, and this is the reason why the Schoolhouse Rock reference that I gave earlier is important, because there are bills that die in committee. Like they never even make it to the floor to be voted on. But those committees are ran by those who hold the chairs for those committees. Usually the chair of a committee is held by the uh, the majority party. Okay. Okay. So if, uh, let's say, for example, um, you know, uh, it, for the Republican, let's say the Republicans ran the Senate, right? Say mm-hmm. I'm a Republican, right? So I'm the chair of the... Uh, education committee, right? And we and we have a bill for 
um, urban cities to receive uh, $100 million of, or let's say a billion dollars in educational funds, right? And so we're talking about specific, you know, condensed, highly populated urban cities like Philadelphia, like Baltimore, like Richmond, like D.C., Bronx, New York, all the boroughs in New York and, you know, and, and several other cities, right, around the, the... But we already know that most of those individuals are African-American, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So if, it may, if that bill makes it to committee, I'm going to do everything I can that, that that bill will never see the light of day. Wow. Because what I'm gonna say is that oh well well we need to we need to change the numbers, right? We need to reduce the numbers, right? But how how do you reduce the numbers on a billion dollars when you're talking about almost twenty five cities across the country that need this money? Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean well, I mean it, it's a a billion dollars sounds like a lot of money. But 25 cities that desperately need that, you know, where, where that money, like, let's just say Baltimore, just for example, yeah. the number of schools that probably need to be reopened, the simple fact that what, what was it, what, like five and a half years ago, like it was freezing in school, like kids couldn't even go to school. It wasn't even snowing outside, but it was so cold and, and in and the I, schools that they yeah. couldn't even go to school. They had to wear jacket coats in the classroom because yeah. it was so cold. Yeah, and, and that recently happened in one of the prominent schools in uh, Baltimore City, where um, mm-hmm. or City High School, and uh, mm-hmm. they had to uh, close out school because the air conditioning wasn't working. Right, air conditioning not working, so now it's blazing in there. Right, so, so when when and so and so we didn't, but we're just talking about just the infrastructure of the school. We didn't even talk about the teachers' pay. We didn't even talk about school resource officers. We didn't even talk about the fact that some of these urban cities need additional social services, you know, saying, i.e., after-school programs, you know, after, you know, the, the being able to offer the breakfast, the lunch, and the dinners, you know, or after-school snacks. So some of these kids, because some of these kids, this is the only meal that they actually get, right? Mm-hmm. We didn't talk about any of those things. But because I know that and it's going to help those individuals, that that bill will never see the light of day. If it happens to see the light of day, right, let's say it does make it to the floor because we, we don't want us to seem biased. So let's let's let it make it out of committee. Right. And let's let it make it to the to the floor of the Senate for us to be able to vote on it. You ain't got enough votes on the Democratic side for that vote for that vote to even carry. Hmm. So it's dead anyway. Yeah. But we're going to put it out there because it's a part of the quote-unquote the democratic process. Right? Mm-hmm. But it's not going to win because you ain't got enough votes for it. And, and so do you think is, it, is, that, is that the term, is it, um, the term um, is that filibuster in a sense? So no. So filibuster um is, is is a different there's a different term for that so that's so that's being able to do it without having to carry uh the 60 votes okay so you're able to argue it on the floor and you're able to go 50 plus one okay so that all you need is 50 plus one votes when you have a filibuster gotcha right so it, there's there's a there's a number and there's a number of different ways a filibuster has been used in the past uh like one of my favorite movies is um mr smith goes to washington it's a um 
Have you heard of that one before? <laughs> no, no worries, no worries, no worries, no worries, no worries, no worries. Do you, so? Do you remember? Um. Uh. Uh. Oh my gosh, what's the name of the movie? A Wonderful Life, the old black and white film. Nah, nah. You ain't never seen that either. All right, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> All right, so one around Christmas time, watch A Wonderful Life. Um. But anyways, <laughs> the actor in it is a, it's an old nineteen. I think it was like nineteen thirties or nineteen forties film. Yeah. Um. It's all white. It's a whole white cast, so you ain't got to worry. Ain't no brothers in this. Uh, yeah. but, but it 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 talks about. Uh, it, it's a great film to watch, right? But he used a it, it to being able to to basically to withhold any votes, and he basically like quoted the Constitution, read the dictionary. He just did all kinds of things to kind of being able to withhold a vote for a period of 24 hours. Gotcha. Um, and it was a kind of a way to kind of being able to protest. But anyways, yes, there are many kinds of things that happen. There, but this is one of the so when for Charles Booker to, to if he wins, you know, it's, it's real significant. And so a lot of stuff that happens in the African-American community might actually be able to, to take place. But because we don't get behind one another, we don't support other states, we don't understand the inner workings of government. We don't understand, like, even, so even for federal dollars, right? But the, let's say the state has discretion on how that money is spent. If that particular state has a any particular party whether democrat or republican right that's not for the people and they're for their party versus what the people need then that can mess up how that funding is actually received understand you see what i'm saying so it's it's one of those things like yes i i hopefully you know saying and and i'm always available to you like if we have any questions about like anything we've already discussed and and um and if you are thinking about getting involved and, and it's great that you got some 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 family that you can possibly lean on to 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 further explore that as an opportunity for you uh, which would be great for you and your family but also for you and your community because i know that that's that's at the forefront of yeah. of of the motivation of why you're doing it and so one of the things is being able to being able to um gain a tremendous support group as you take on this this challenge because it's going to be challenging and developing additional support once you once you've made it over so once you become an elected official on any capacity if if you so chose to right or what you could do is you could be a subject matter expert as a consultant or an advisor or you know do research for this particular topic or subject or whatever uh, there's a number of ways to involve yourself in the overall in, in the process yeah so you don't have to be the elected official you could serve in another role or another capacity within the government uh, for these things to being able to work and still be able to advocate on behalf of your people got you got you um, Ernest, I'm about to uh, I'm gonna leave you with uh, the hey, it's a good conversation, <laughs> uh huh, uh, right, right, informational, man, informative. Uh, um, 
definitely uh, you know, appreciate your time, man. Respect respect your time as well. Uh huh. Yeah, good stuff, man. I always think about how Haslow uh, hierarchy of needs, man, and um, I feel like um, you know once those basic needs we met, man, we can reach that point of self self actualization. I think you really did um, did a good job, man, and kind of like in my opinion, changing perspectives, man, and how we look at this whole uh, process. And mm-hmm. that our opinions matter, man. So I'm gonna leave you with the last words, man. Any last words you wanna um, leave off with? Sure. There's a um, there's a, a poem um, it, by um, I think the gentleman's name is Gote uh, G O E T H E uh, William Gote. What has been been redone by a, a teacher named Haim Gano. But anyways, uh, and hopefully it's something that I want people to kind of being able to take away as it relates to how they're going to get involved or change things within their lives. So it goes, um, I've come to the frightening conclusion that I am the decisive element. It is my personal approach that creates the climate. It is my daily mood that makes the weather. I possess tremendous power to make life miserable or joyous. I can be a tool of torture or an instrument of inspiration. I can humiliate or heal. In all situations, it is my response that decides whether a crisis is escalated or de-escalated or if a person is humanized or dehumanized. In all things, um, if I if we treat a person as they are, we make them worse. If we treat a person as they ought to be, we help them become what they are capable of becoming. And so I just hope that 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 word, you know, resonates with the people. Um, and like I said, anything that I can do, 